Welcome to Stoked with Megan McPhail, the podcast that helps you get super effing jazzed about your work, life, and bank account. I'm your host, Megan McPhail, a former burnt out emergency veterinarian that quit my hard-earned career to become a seven-figure business coach, entrepreneur, and elopement photographer. Now I'm living a life I absolutely love, full of travel, adventure, and financial abundance, and I am hell-bent on inspiring others to do the same. Are you ready to say goodbye to the 9-to-5 grind and start going after some big, bold dreams? Then let's dive into this week's episode. Hey, hey, it's your host, Megan McPhail. And your co-host, Todd Reedy. And we are back from a little week-long break with a new episode for you guys that I've been wanting to do for a while. And it's all about the shift that we have to make in our mindset from being an employee to becoming an entrepreneur. They are very, very different mindsets. (laughs) And that shift can be very difficult for people to make. And a lot of times our success in business is kind of dependent on that shift. So we're going to be talking about how employees, I mean, we've all been raised from a young age to be a good little worker bee, a good little employee. And being an entrepreneur is completely different than being an employee. So let's go into some of the attitudes, behaviors, and thought patterns that are commonly associated with successful entrepreneurs And I'm going to go ahead and say it too, that the people that I see in my coaching programs that have the most success are the people that really embody these mindsets. So I'm going to go over some of them and then we're just going to chat about them. Okay, Todd? Sounds good. So the first kind of attitude or behavior that successful entrepreneurs embody is risk taking. So entrepreneurs are willing to take calculated risks and they're not really afraid of failing. They often see these risks as valuable learning experiences or things that lead to, you know, their ultimate success as an entrepreneur. And as employees, we oftentimes shy away from risk taking big time, wouldn't you say? Yeah, on the individual level, for sure. Right. Because you don't want to get in trouble from your boss or from a director or someone above you. So my experience is like, go and ask for permission or like the thumbs up before taking a risk. If you even are taking any. Yeah. Even just being an employee is kind of like the safe way to go about life, right? It's like the comfortable way. It's got the quote unquote job security, which I could do a whole podcast on how that's bullshit. You have your benefits, you have your 401k and the match and You put in your hours and it's like, yeah, you just put your head down and you do the work that you're paid to do. You're not taking risks. So the term that I used a lot and heard a lot back in my corporate job was CYA. So just cover your ass. Make sure you don't get in trouble. Make the safe decision and just put your head down and do what you need to do. Yeah. Lay low kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I did that all the time as a veterinarian where basically... I would stay late to like write records in a way that if I ever got sued for something, my ass would be covered because I put in everything that I was thinking and what I talked to the clients about and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it was like, you couldn't have risky behavior because you not only would your job be threatened, but your license would be threatened. So yeah, you have to kind of play it safe as an employee. So yeah, risk taking is something that I see a lot of small business owners really, really struggle with. They do not want to take risks when pretty much building a business and becoming successful at it is all about risk taking and the riskier, sometimes the better. So let's move on to the next one, which is innovation. And that's kind of like 
how entrepreneurs seek new and creative solutions to problems. They basically embrace change and they want to maybe solve problems in unconventional ways and kind of think outside the box really is what that's all about. And I would say that when I was an employee, I would bring problems to management and they would just get ignored. (laughs) There was no thinking outside the box or even trying to find solutions to problems. It was all about just kind of sweeping things under the rug. So what would you say about thinking outside the box? I think from, again, because I came from more of like a research and development framework. Yeah. Like from a scientific or like that side, that was encouraged. Mm -hmm. But like going outside of the norm of like, you know, corporate protocols or the bureaucracy or standard operating procedures. Yeah, you do not want to rock the boat at all. You Mm -hmm. stay in your lane. You check the boxes. I would agree with that. Yeah. So I think a lot of people don't really have a lot of opportunities or ability to really think outside the box because they're used to just kind of being in a very small framework, operating under standard operating procedures. Like a lot of our jobs are very much standardized. So yeah, there's just no, there's no reason to think outside the box. Yeah. And I think another part of that is kind of in the corporate sense, or maybe not even corporate, just like the employee sense, right? You're probably on the younger side. There's been people at your job that have been there before you that have established, again, these kind of procedures or these outlines. And when you question that, it doesn't go well, right? Because Mm -hmm. they say, why would we do anything different? This is the way we've been doing it for X number of years, X number of decades. Yep. You know, pick your metric. But the older folks kind of are set in their ways. And I can be too. But when you see something and you like bring up a solution, there's not the freedom to explore it and maybe implement a good change. Uh, just because there are naysayers. Yeah. It's not met with any enthusiasm whatsoever. (laughs) Like, I remember one time I told my boss that the technical staff was really feeling overworked and that morale was very poor. And they had just finished working like a bunch of holidays in a row, like Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. And I was like, I think it would go a long way if you reached out to them and like thanked them for all their hard work because they're hearing it from me, but it's always nice to hear it from your higher ups, right? And my boss was basically said, well, I'm looking at their time clocks right now and they haven't clocked in any overtime. So I don't believe you that they've worked really hard. So I don't see why they need extra pats on the back. So yeah, that's how employees get met when they're like want to bring up some creative solutions to problems, which was in my case, just showing some appreciation. The next attitude, behavior, thought pattern that is associated with successful entrepreneurs is opportunity recognition, where entrepreneurs really have a knack for identifying opportunities, whereas others, they're going to see obstacles and they're going to make excuses for themselves for not being able to overcome these obstacles, whereas an entrepreneur will see that obstacle as an opportunity And they are going to take a risk and they're going to be innovative and they're going to think outside of the box and they're going to get over that obstacle. And I see this a lot in my coaching students. I hear lots of excuses, whether it is, you know, lack of time or they're working another job or they can't pay their bills. They can't afford X, Y, and Z. It's always obstacles, always obstacles and excuses. Whereas true successful entrepreneurs 
they're not going to settle for that. They're going to figure out a way to make it work. Yeah, I think that's probably in contrast to kind of the employee mindset of like you have certain constraints and if your boss or whoever says like, oh, yeah, we have to find a solution to this, then it becomes a priority. But I think the entrepreneurial mindset of it is like to actually go after those solutions regardless of the constraints to find a solution because that's where the new product may be or the new service because they have kind of the problem solving mentality as opposed to just do what I can with what I have. Yeah, totally. The next one is vision. So entrepreneurs have a clear and compelling vision for their business and their life and their long-term goals. Whereas employees often, I mean, I never created a vision for myself until I became an entrepreneur. Like my vision as an employee was just to make it through the day. (laughs) Hopefully I can buy a house someday, you know, and a nice car. Yeah, hopefully I could retire someday. I mean, I literally was just day to day just existing. I didn't really have this vision I was creating for myself. What about you? Yeah, I would agree to that as well. Like I would do my normal like yearly performance review where I'd set my goals and then maybe revisit them once or twice throughout the year. But it wasn't like a true milestone or like a measuring stick. It was just like a check the box, fill out this paperwork to get my boss to approve it, which he's just doing his own thing too, right? And then definitely didn't really think or put much time into like thinking of a grander vision of how that work or that job is going to fit into the rest of my lifestyle. It was kind of like, oh, I have my work and I have my life. And when I'm not working, I'll run my life. Mm -hmm. Totally. And I'm just thinking back to my emergency vet days and like, nobody asked us if we had goals or anything we wanted to pursue or anything like ambitions, none of that. It was literally just like, well, you became a vet now. So you're just gonna work as a vet just nonstop (laughs) from here until forever. So, which yeah. I could see being challenging, right? Just like as a human, right? You want to have like you goals have- and milestones and like develop and like get better. But when like you've reached that level, yeah, I kind of reached the top of what I could reach. And I remember one day being in like the treatment area and realizing like this is it, there's nothing else for me to pursue, there's no other goals, you know, like I'm at the top of my game. That reminds me of a scene from The Office where the warehouse workers were gone. And so, like, the office workers had to go down and, like, pack a truck. And I don't know what all the ins and outs, but Stanley says, this is what they call a run-out-the-clock situation. (laughs) And I definitely had that same mindset of, like, oh, shoot, I'm going to work this engineering job until I retire. And it was, like, literally a countdown until I have enough money to save to retire. Yeah. Yeah, run out the clock situation, which isn't fun. The next kind of behavior is resilience, which I've done a whole podcast episode about, which is really, really important. And it's essentially the fact that entrepreneurship is often marked by lots of setbacks, lots of challenges. We've already kind of talked about obstacles, thinking outside the box, taking risks and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, sometimes things don't work out the way that you want them to or in the timeline that you want them to. And so being resilient and basically continuing to work on your business despite these setbacks is hugely important for entrepreneurship, not so much for being an employee, because like whether you have a setback or not, you just go back to work the next day and keep working. Right. I mean, 
sometimes you have a bad day as an employee, but you still clock in your 40 hours a week. Yeah. And I think a lot of what the resilience on the entrepreneurial side is you have to have the motivation to like keep going, right? It's not like, oh, I can just continue to run at the clock and punch in my hours. It's like, all right, I got to find a solution to this and like make it work because my livelihood depends on it or my business depends on it. Totally. So the next one isn't quite like a mindset shift so much, but it's networking. So entrepreneurs understand the value of building a strong network. They actively seek out mentors and advisors and colleagues and create friendships with people in similar industries. They reach out for coaches like myself. And they understand the importance of having like a community that supports you in your vision or that is actively working towards the same thing. I think this is really important because entrepreneurship, I mean, there's not a lot of us out there. Almost everybody that I know in my personal life, in my family, like there's a few entrepreneurs in my family, but most people are just clocking into their normal kind of nine to five jobs. And that's historically been what my family has done. So a lot of people are going to think that we're crazy to leave our secure jobs with benefits and all that kind of stuff. So having a network and like actively seeking out these kinds of people that can either help you in your journey or support you in your journey is really important. And as an employee, I mean, I had my work friends, but there wasn't a time where I like needed to actively seek out people. Like as an entrepreneur, I've created a community of people that follow me, that follow my coaching, whether it's elopement photographers or couples wanting to elope. Like I just have this community of people supporting me. And I didn't have that as a veterinarian. I was just kind of alone. And then when I went into work, I could talk with my work friends, but that was about it. Like I didn't have to create a community to clock into my job. Do you think that's part of kind of like working in a silo as an entrepreneur, as a solopreneur, right? You're just kind of by default kind of isolated as opposed to going into a workplace where there are people. Yeah. Well, and we're talking about successful entrepreneurs here. So yeah, you don't want to just be alone in your office. And I tell that to people all the time who are photographers. So many of them are just working on things all by themselves and don't have a support network. And a successful entrepreneur is going to create a community or a support network or reach out to people, have coffee with people, have friends, work with people, you know, have a mentor, have a coach. Like you have to have that community. Yeah. And I think as an entrepreneur, you have to have like the self-motivation to like reach out to people and make that effort to build it. Whereas like in more of a employee or like a workplace environment, it's already kind of built in where you yeah, go into an office or go into a facility where there's other folks you can chit chat about the day to days. Yeah. And I think you hit on something really important is that like you have to be intrinsically motivated to do all this stuff on your own. You don't have a boss telling you to do these things. You know, you don't have somebody from higher up telling you to take a risk be innovative, think outside the box, recognize opportunities, stop making excuses for yourself, you know, have a long-term vision, be resilient, be adaptable, network. Like you don't have somebody basically saying like, you have to do these things. You have to do them for yourself. You have to figure them out for yourself. You have to put in your reps with all of these things, so to speak. We've talked about that before where like, you're not going to be great at all of these things. 
right off the bat, but you have to practice them. And I think that's a huge part of this employee to entrepreneurial mindset shift as well is like the motivation has to be from inside you instead of from a boss either telling you you have to do these things or because it's part of your job description and you have to do these things to get your paycheck. You have to be able to do these things without knowing when your paycheck is going to come in. And that goes into another one, which is persistence, basically having a strong work ethic and being able to put in the time and effort required to achieve these goals without getting your weekly, daily pay and putting in your hours like you have to be able to persist. You also have to have a level of financial literacy, which we just talked about this earlier, Todd, how so many people, they create a business They get paid money for a service and they spend it right away. And then they are like constantly having to hustle for that next payday. Whereas you really have to include, you know, budgeting, management of your cash flow, understanding your cost of doing business. You have to set money aside for taxes. Like there's just so much stuff that goes into it. You can't just get money and spend it. (laughs) You have to manage it which no one really teaches you because as an employee, you have money going to taxes. You might have money going into a 401k. So yeah, anything that hits your bank account is free reign until your next paycheck. But as an entrepreneur, you're in charge of putting all of your money into the different places. And I see people all the time, especially photographers, where our business is very seasonal. And I guarantee there's going to be People in the mastermind even come this winter when they haven't booked anything or shot anything for a while, they're going to be complaining that they're broke when you have to plan for those types of things. You know, you have to be able to save. Yeah. And I think, I mean, a lot of entrepreneurs, especially in kind of the creative space that we live in, they get into their craft because they enjoy it. It's like a creative outlet for them. And they like they've created a business, but It's more of a mindset of like maybe the business stuff will take care of itself and they like pursue the passion or their energy or the enjoyment of the photography or the videography or whatever the other creative field may be. But the business aspect of it kind of falls to the wayside. And so like wrapping your head and like committing to like building a business that you're doing your creative side, but you're also needing to do the bookkeeping, needing to do the forecasting or the projecting of where your money is going to go when you're not making those incomes or making those retainer checks and things Mm -hmm. of that nature. Yeah, you have to have financial literacy. And like, so many people want to ignore that part. And It's just it can't be a part that is ignored because it snowballs if you, you know, haven't put the money aside for taxes and then your tax bill comes up and you don't have it and then you have scarcity mode and then you're like scrambling to make money. I mean, it just doesn't do you any benefits to not embrace understanding this kind of stuff, even though it's kind of annoying stuff. But yeah, it's really important to continue the momentum of your business and to be a successful entrepreneur. And the last one I'm going to talk about is, and these all really, really genuinely go together, but embracing uncertainty is a huge part of being a successful entrepreneur. Like I can't guarantee a lot of things as a business coach. I have a lot of goals that I'm working towards, and there's no guarantee that any of those are going to work. There's uncertainty at every single angle that you look at this. 
but you have to embrace it. You have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And you have to realize that it's going to be unpredictable and that you're going to have to learn how to problem solve and troubleshoot and be okay with those things. Whereas I think with an employee, so many people think it's the safe route, right? And like, I think it's a lot safer to be writing your own paychecks than depending on a boss to write them for you. They can let you go at any time. I think a lot of people stay employees because they don't want uncertainty, right? And so when you transition into being a small business owner and an entrepreneur, and we are asking you to embrace <laughs> embrace uncertainty and problem solve and get your money together and become this resilient, adaptable, innovative, risk-taking person, it's very, very uncomfortable at first. There's a lot of transition you have to go through. And I went through these transitions a longer time ago than Todd did. But how uncomfortable is it? I mean, it's pretty uncomfortable, I think. It's quite uncomfortable. <laughs> and it's it's not like, well, at least for me, I'm now a couple years into this. And it's not like a oh, I put my uncomfortable time in and now everything's smooth sailing because business is continually evolving. My mindset's continually evolving. You know, expenses are continually evolving. So like, yeah, I'm uncomfortable often. <laughs> <laughs> Which one of these things that we just talked about is the most uncomfortable for you? I don't think there's any one in particular, actually. It's a combination of all these things, right? They're all important. They all have some level of uncertainty and some level of uncomfortableness. So I don't think I can point my finger to one in particular. Do you have one that's, you think, the most important or uncomfortable? I think for me, it's still knowing what to invest my money into. Like anytime I invest my money in something, whether it's to take off my plate or ads or copywriting or social media, Pinterest, whatever it is, like, it can be uncomfortable to say goodbye to that money and hope that it's going to come back. And at this point, I'm investing lots more money because my business is bigger and making more money and the things that I need to keep it running are more expensive than when it was a little baby business. And it's always come back to me, though. That's the crazy thing. Every time I have worried about a purchase or an investment, it's always come back and it's always worked out no matter how much I've worried. So I try to fall back onto that. And yeah, I think that's the thing that's the most uncomfortable. Although sometimes I invest money into things and it's like a huge weight off my shoulder. So, but you know. Yeah. And that's not also to say that you've invested in things that you haven't necessarily gotten that return back from, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. I've been, I've wasted a lot of money a lot of money over the years. But I mean, I was making the best decisions at the time that I knew and like it didn't work out. And I think that's what a lot of this is about is like, it's unpredictable, it's risky and stuff. Like you're always learning. And like, as much as I learn what works and what I like, I also have to learn what doesn't work and what I don't like and what didn't give me a return on investment. Like, so it's all yeah, it's all just like, I'm just compiling all of this knowledge all the time. And that's kind of what makes me a better business owner and kind of helps me coach other people because not only have I learned from my own mistakes, but then I've also learned from other people's mistakes. So it's just like, 
at this point, I just have so much information to work from. And yeah, and it takes a while to gather all that information. And I think people really want things to be perfect in their business right off the bat, because we're kind of used to as employees, like, you get a job and you get a paycheck right away. Or in school, you know, you study and you get an A and you're rewarded or whatever. And it's just not like that with business. And it can be, it's just hard for a lot of people to transition into the way an entrepreneur really thinks. But that's where all the success is. And it can be a process to overcome some of these employee mindsets and and really embrace a successful entrepreneurial mindset. But it will work out in the end. And you know, you're not going to go homeless and broke from a little bit of investments and risk taking and you're going to do just fine and you're going to be successful as long as you keep going, keep looking for opportunities, keep problem solving, keep adapting, keep becoming resilient, all those things. I mean, if you keep up with those things, you'll be fine. You'll be very successful. Do you like being an employee better or an entrepreneur better? An entrepreneur. <laughs> Even though you're kind of like my employee now. Uh, kind of. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I could go back. No, I could never go yeah. back. The freedom's just too great and fulfillment is much better. Cool. Well, thanks so much for listening to this episode. Can't wait to catch you guys next week. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Stoked with Megan McPhail. If you enjoyed the show and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe, leave a review and tell a friend. If you're looking for more inspiring content, check us out on Instagram at Stoked with Megan McPhail. And to learn more about my business coaching and how I can personally help you quit your nine to five, visit my website at meganmcphail.com. I hope this leaves you feeling stoked. See you next week.